Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We're talking about tough times. We're talking about tough God. Uh, we're addressing the issues that many of us go through, traumatic situations where you feel like God is nowhere to be found. Um, uh, maybe the loss of a loved one, uh, some type of a, a report from the doctor about a life-threatening illness, anything that's going to loss of a job, uh, any type of thing like this, um, a loved one may be falling into sin, uh, divorce, a broken relationship, any of these things, always open up the door for trauma. And, and the trauma opens up the door for the enemy to come in and seize hold of us, okay? And that's why we want to break this, all right? Um, last week we talked about uh, James chapter 1, we started out with that, in verse 2, my brother encounter a little joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. What, what's being tested? Don't, don't, don't ever find yourself saying, I don't know why God is testing me so much. He's, no, you're not being tested. It's your faith that's being tested. You see this here? Separate yourself. God doesn't have an in for you. It's your faith that's being tested. The quality of it, the depth of it, the richness of it. It shows up sometimes areas where we, maybe we need to improve and, and, and get more built up on that. So knowing that, the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, that really should be translated mature, okay? And complete, lacking nothing, okay? So we're talking about four different expressions of God's love for us when we're in the middle of a storm. We're in the middle of tribulation. Anybody have any storms in their life? Oh, there might be one or two. Anybody ever have any tribulation? Any? Okay, so there's a few people here qualified. Last week we, we talked about, we only got as far as going to number one, that he will strengthen us. And it's refreshing to know that we can rest in his strength and the comfort that God provides for us when we're in the midst of that thing. Now, don't take, I gotta throw this in here, don't take God's comfort, because some people go, oh, Pastor, you know, I'm in the middle of, my whole life is in turmoil, but you know what? I just have this peace, and I just sense the comfort of God, and that's wonderful, and we're supposed to do that, but what ends up happening sometimes to people is you get, you get satisfied with the comfort and satisfied with the peace, and you back down, and you stop being a warrior, are you getting this? Just because God's comforting you and gives you peace doesn't mean he wants you to roll over and play dead. He's, what you're going to see here as this pro progresses tonight is he's giving you the comfort and giving you the peace so that you can hear from him what are you supposed to do next. Too many people walk away from the, from the, from the, the battle satisfied. Well, you know, I feel better. No, you, you know, you feel better. That's good. But go after what was stolen from you. Don't just be satisfied with the comfort. Go after your healing. Go after whatever was robbed. Go after the finances that were robbed from you. Go after. You hear what I'm saying? All right, so let's go to number two because we got to do this tonight. Number two, here it is. Number one, he'll strengthen us. Number two, he'll answer you. He'll answer you. See, the enemy wants you in constant turmoil and constant confusion so that even when the answer's coming, you won't hear it. You'll have your mind to be so tied up and, 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 and everything will just be so wound up, you won't hear the answer. Now, let me ask you this question. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of that 
tribulation, have you ever needed a plan from God? Yeah, absolutely. What is the first thing we say when we get attacked? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what direction to go in, Pastor. I need guidance. I need direction. I need... Now, I pulled out a portion of a teaching that I did a couple of years ago. I guess at this point in time, it's probably about four years ago. Because it's important to learn this now, especially in this part of the teaching here. The Israelites, I want you to follow me here. The Israelites stood on the banks of the Red Sea. They had just left Egypt. They had suffered terribly for centuries under brutal slavery. They saw their God bring judgment on the Egyptians 10 times. They're released to leave Egypt. They're on their way. But now they face the Red Sea and their enemies are chasing them from behind. What happened here? They're between a rock and a hard place. They've come out of a bad situation, but now the bad situation has the potential of getting worse. And so they find themselves at an impasse. At a fear of frustration, they cry out to the Lord, but watch this now, but they want Moses to carry all the pressure. Moses does something both smart and he does something dumb. The smart thing he does is that he knows better than to take the burden on himself. We need to learn this lesson. We need to learn this lesson that no matter what we're, we're in the middle of, especially when it involves other people, especially when it involves, especially family members, because with family members, you're always going to feel the pressure the most, yes? Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Or is everybody orphans here tonight? Okay. The pressure that comes because of loyalties, because of emotions, because of, uh, of ties and things of that nature can be overwhelming especially if you're the one that blew it. Now, I know personally what this is like because back in, in 1990, when we had to go into bankruptcy and we pretty much lost everything that we had worked for for decades before that, there were, I had a lot of opportunities for me to fall into self-pity, to fall into that victim mentality, to, to feel guilty because I was the one that brought all this calamity. Now, now mind you, let me clarify that. Uh, I, I, we didn't go into bankruptcy because I was taking all the money and blowing it up my nose. We didn't go into bankruptcy because I was taking all the money and going to AC. We didn't, we didn't go into bankruptcy because I was spending it on women. We went into bankruptcy because I made some poor business mistakes, business decisions, okay? And so a couple of bad business decisions, and we were wiped out. Now, my wife and our four sons obviously were affected by that. But I had to, and I thank God for my wife because she never, 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 never said to me once, you did this, you made a mistake, you were stupid, how could you do this to us? Look at what we're going through. Never once, never once. And that spared me, that insulated me, if I could put it that way, that insulated me from the attacks of the enemy because everything I was hearing from the enemy, not God, everything I was hearing from the enemy was you're a loser, look what you did to your family, your kids are never gonna grow up right, you're never gonna be able to support them, you're, never gonna, you're gonna lose your house, which we did, you're not gonna have a place to live, you're not, gonna have a, you're not gonna have a car. Has anybody ever been close to what I'm talking about? And you know darn well what I'm talking about because the pressure is unbearable. Now watch what happens here. Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. They've come out of Egypt, they're approaching the Red Sea, and here is, we pick up in verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They got the Red Sea in front of them, Pharaoh's behind them. They're looking at this, how are we gonna get across? There's no boats, there's no bridge. How do we do this? How do we escape from this army that's bearing down on us? That's a lot of pressure. They cried out to the Lord. 
And then they said to Moses, now watch, they, they also could have watched out for themselves. They knew enough to go to God, to cry out to God, but then the next person they cry out to is Moses. And the last thing Moses needed to hear was, what are you going to do about this? Well, I'm here with you. Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have, have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Wait a minute, who made them leave Egypt? You see how, when you're in, watch this now, when you're in pressure like this, the first thing you start doing is you do one of two things. You romanticize the past and you exaggerate the danger. You start talking about how good things were in the old days. I'll be honest with you, don't talk like that in front of me because our greatest days are up ahead. Okay, if the good old days were so good, many of us would have turned out different. Okay. What, did, didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. Thank God that Moses, if I wasn't there. Thank God Moses was the person who was, because I was there, we said, you know what? You're right. You're going all back. Every one of you, get back. <laughs> go eat your garlic. Go eat your melons that you claimed that you had. Go make the bricks. Go stay up 24 hours a day getting straw. God bless you. I'm going. <laughs> it is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Listen to what they're saying. These are the same people that cried out to God for hundreds of years for a deliverer to come. But when the pressure comes, what happens? We just, we just start barrage, just a barrage of junk just comes and hits everybody. Verse 13, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you, just stay calm. In the midst of the storm, you're gonna need a plan. In the midst of the storm, is not the time for you to lose it and start venting. What, this is just the way I am. Well, shut up. <laughs> no, I'm serious, okay, because I've been through a bunch of this kind of stuff. We demoralize the people around us that should be standing with us when you start venting like this. So Mo Moses does something smart here. He takes the pressure from them and he directs it to God. It's like, you know, this isn't, I didn't bring us here. This isn't my fault. But then he does something dumb. He lets the pressure get to him. And then verse 15, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Where are they going to go? <laughs> and then he gives them the plan. Raise your staff and stretch, it, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Now, can I ask you this question here? This is why it's extremely important for you to get a hold of your emotions when you're in the midst of a tribulation or trial or attack or storm. Don't you think God could have given them this instructions without all that drama? Do you not think that God was capable of giving this plan with all this opera, with all this drama, with all this emotion, with all this, because you know what now? All these things that were said, they have to live with now for the next few years. Be careful what you say when you're in a storm. Be careful what you say when you're in a storm. 
because we hurt people's feelings. We demoralize the people around us. We give them cause to be mad at God. If you're going to talk, talk to God and use that energy to get the plan from him. Because listen to me. I'm getting into this now deeper where I really want to go with this point. Every time you pray, you never receive an answer to your prayer. You receive an instruction. Moses needs an answer. We got to get across here. What did he receive? Did he receive? He received what? Instruction. What was the instruction? Lift up that staff. Stretch out your hands. And what happened? And the Bible says that all through the night, the wind cleared out that water, and they crossed on dry land. They received instruction. You remember they get on the other side. Now, within a couple of days, now three days later, they're going to get to the other side of the Red Sea, and they're going to need water. They get to a place called Mara, where there's an oasis, but the water's poison. They need water. They cry out to God. Well, actually, they, again, they start with Moses. <laughs> Moses takes it to God. God doesn't provide them with water. God provides them with an instruction. This is what we miss it. This is what we miss it. We're not expecting to hear instruction. We're expecting. And if he just does it this way, there's no cooperation. We just become spectators. And so what, is, what does God tell Moses? You see that tree over there? Go get that tree and throw it in the water. And the waters will become sweet. And the waters became sweet. Now, there's symbolism involved there because that tree represents a cross. And when the cross, when, when the cross gets introduced into our lives, the bitterness goes away. Amen. So they prayed and they received what? Instruction. You, this is the most important thing when you're in a battle. You need to receive instruction. But not only receive the instruction, then follow instruction. Now, uh, I'm, again, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here because we've got to get further on than this. You read about David's life. David went to battle on numerous occasions. Every single time, he prayed to God. And God gave him a plan. At one point, he's in front of this one city. He's ready to attack. It's a Philistine. Philistines have come out. And God says, now you wait until you hear the sound of the wind in the trees. And then you attack. What did he do? Did God give him a victory in the battle? No, God gave him a strategy. God gave him a plan. Are, are you following me here? Amen. Uh, Peter is approached by the Romans to pay their taxes. Jesus and Peter. Peter is there. There's a request that's made. Does Peter receive the money? Peter receives a plan. Go catch a fish. The first fish that you catch, open up its mouth, take that money out of it and go pay your taxes and my taxes. Amen. Are you seeing me? This is where we're missing it. We're expecting the whole thing to just boom, 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 just unfold in front of us. And he wants to give you a plan. Why is that? Well, it took obedience for Moses to raise that staff. It took obedience for Moses to get that tree and throw it in the water. It took obedience for David to wait until he heard the sound in the, of the wind in the trees. It took obedience for, for David that once, you remember, remember the story there at... Um, um, What's the city that got burnt uh, when they came back? Ziklag. He comes back with his men. He finds a city that they left with their wives and children, burned to the ground. The people want to stone David. He cries out to the Lord. What, is it, what does he receive? Does he receive the people's restored? No. He gets a plan. 
He says to God, should I go after him? God says, yeah, go after him, and you'll recover all. You see what I'm saying? In the midst of the storm, you've got to maintain your emotions in check. Otherwise, God could be giving you plan after plan after plan, and you're not hearing it because you're hysterical. Now, I'm not being heartless here. Trust me. In 60 years, I've had plenty of opportunities to get hysterical over things. But I found this out. Getting hysterical. That's one thing when you're when you just, if you're not a believer yet, or you're just really new in the faith, God will put up with a little bit of hysterics. You understand what I'm saying? God will put up with a little bit of hysterics. But once, you, once you're in this thing and you've built and God's proven already, and he's, does this make sense to anybody? And, and once he's now developed a track record with you, he's going to expect you to act on that track record. Are you listening to me? Are you listening? He's going to expect you to act on that track record. And so hysterics to an individual who has seen God come through over and over and over again, I'm sorry to say it, and I say this with all of the kindness in my heart, but it's, it's evidence of distrust. It's evidence of doubt. Because if you know that he's going to come through for you, then why in God's name are you getting hysterical? Are you listening to me? Amen. The disciples are in the boat. There's a storm that breaks out. Which is the next thing that God will do in the middle of the storm is give you rest. Okay, now they've just seen him feed 15,000 people with a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread. They get into a boat. They're going to the other side, and a storm breaks out. Let me ask you a question. Now, you think Jesus knew the storm was coming? But what did he say to them? Let's get in the boat, and we're going over to the other side. Uh, Please hold on to this. Do not treat frivolous what I just said. Jesus said to them, Let's get in a boat. We're going over to the other side. He didn't say we're going to sink. He didn't say there's a possibility. He didn't say there's going to, he didn't say, he said we're going to the other side. When Jesus says you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. So this supernatural storm breaks. So how do we know it's supernatural? Because you've got a boat full of fishermen that are terrified. And so this can't be the first storm they've seen, and this can't be a normal storm because they think they're going to die. Jesus is sleeping. Now, there are some of us who get very aggravated when everybody doesn't freak out with us. How could you be so calm? I don't understand. They don't care. They don't care. How could they be so calm? I don't understand. Don't you see what's going on here? You don't care. Drama loves to pull in more drama. And so they go to Jesus and they wake him up. Master, watch this now. Don't you care that we're about to drown? We're about to drown. It's, this is the same God that when Moses is like, when, God gets me and he goes, why are you asking me? I told you. You're going over to the other side. When we were in Bible school, 20, well, 22 years ago now, we had developed a friendship with somebody out there. And we would go over the house and they had kids the same age as ours. And every once in a while, the person said, so what are you going to do when you graduate Bible school? I said, I'm going to New Jersey. I'm going to start a church. Two months later, 
So, so what are you going to do when you graduate Bible school? <laughs> we're going to New Jersey, and we're going to start a church next year. So what are you going to do when you graduate Bible school? <laughs> Has God shown you anything? I said, God showed me when, before I came out here. I wouldn't have came out here if God didn't show me. I'm 40 years old at the time. I've got four kids. Just came out of bankruptcy. You think I'm out here on a whim? I said, now I'm getting aggravated. I'm going back to New Jersey and I'm starting a church. Eventually, the individual found out what people from New Jersey are like. No, because in other parts of the country, people just talk and they talk and they talk. And you know they don't mean what they're saying. And I said that to him. I said, wait a second. I realize what the trouble is. You don't know. Well, we, no, we don't, we don't not like you guys over here. In New Jersey, when we say we're going to do something, we do it. And again, just before we're ready to leave, go, so what do you think you're going to do when you go back? <laughs> I'm going back to New Jersey, and I'm going to start a church. God didn't change his mind. God didn't change his mind with Moses. Just because it was a Red Sea, just because it was Pharaoh, just because it was going to be other enemies, just because it was obstacles, God told him, you're going to the promised land. You're going to a place that I picked out for you. You're going to a place where, where the land, the ground, drinks from, from the showers of heaven. It produces beautiful crops. You're going to live in houses you didn't build. You're going to inhabit villages you didn't build. You're going to drink from wells you didn't dig. You're going to eat from vineyards you didn't plant. So when they got to the Red Sea, it was the same. So what do you think you're going to do when you get to the other side? We're going to go live in villages we didn't build. We're going to live in houses we didn't build. We're going to drink from wells we never dug. We're going to eat from vineyards we never planted. Amen. <laughs> so what do you think you're going to do when you go back to New Jersey? Hallelujah. What was the first point? I forgot. He'll strengthen us. He'll strengthen us. He'll answer us. He'll give us rest. If you're in the boat with Jesus, you got nothing to worry about. He knows how to get you from point A to point B. But here's the issue. You got to stay in the boat. You got to stay in the boat. You getting this? Is this helping anybody tonight? It's helping me. It's getting me excited here. Number three. Well, I guess no. I, you know what I did? I went to number four first, and then I went to number... Now I'm going to go to number three. Um, he's going to provide for you. Oh, I thought I was going to get a bigger response than that. He's going to provide for you. Jesus told the disciples not to worry about food or clothing. What's the most that we worry about constantly? You want to go out to eat? Yeah. Where do you want to go? I don't care. <laughs> well, how about this place? No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> how about pizza? No, I don't feel like pizza. Well, where do you want to go? I don't care. You pick. <laughs> where are you going? I'm going to go sit. No, I don't want to go there. Got it? What's the next one? I got nothing to wear. <laughs> she got a closet full of, I got nothing to wear. 
But what about this? No, I don't like that. But what about this? No, I don't like that either. Now, I do the same thing, so. My, I know it is. And some Sundays I have like five outfits laying out on the bed. What, no, I don't like that. I tried that one. I tried it on her. I don't like this. It's not comfortable. I got to be comfortable. It's not comfortable. So you see where I'm going with this? Okay, but he'll provide for us. He will provide for us if we'll hang in there and trust him. Please, it's all about trust. The storms come to test your what? Faith. So then why then, if a storm comes, and we recognize from the scriptures in James chapter one that it's coming to test our faith, why is it that the first thing we wanna do is, is withdraw our faith from God? It's the first natural reaction. I just, you know, I know, we, I know we came through the last time, but I just don't know if he's gonna come through this time. You're not gonna know until you trust him. Amen. He'll come through. He'll always come through. He'll always come through. Oh, and most of the time, it's on its way before you even ask for it. Matthew chapter six, verse 25. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink, enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And the answer is yes. But you see, you have to keep your trust in God. Listen, this has been a problem since the garden. You know, we're always concerned about our feelings getting healed and our offenses getting healed and, and us getting, you know, through tough times and relationships. But think about this. God was betrayed by his own creation. And how did the betrayal take place? The devil made an accusation that God was withholding something from Adam and Eve that they should have had. But the problem was if they would have really, if they would have really paid attention, they already had what the devil was offering them. He said, if you eat that fruit, God doesn't want you to eat that fruit because he knows when you eat that fruit, you're gonna be like him. Well, guess what? They already were. He created them in his image and in his likeness. So because they, they withdrew their trust from God and they put their trust in the enemy, don't you think that wounded the heart of God? Oh, we don't like to think about God that way. Well, let me ask you a question. When you're betrayed, do you not get hurt? Do you not get, who likes to be betrayed in here? Let me see your hand, because we're gonna find some place for you. <laughs> no, seriously, who likes to be betrayed here? And isn't it, isn't it that the closer that the individual is to you that betrays you, the harder it is to get over it, and the stronger the pain is, yes or not? Well, how about God being betrayed by his own creation? We don't consider that. We'll say, well, God's not like that. Well, how are you? Aren't you like that? Well, then how did you get that way? Do you not reflect the creator? If our heart gets wounded over betrayal, you don't think that the heart of God got wounded over betrayal? Now, I didn't say that he stopped loving us. I didn't say that he turned against us. What I said was his heart was wounded. 
Now the typical thing when there's a betrayal, especially in a close relationship, marriage relationship, it's not unusual that whoever is mediating or counseling has to say to the individual that was wounded, you know, you're gonna, or the one who did the wounding, you're gonna have to establish a track record again with your spouse. Yes or no? So is it not possible that the reason why everything comes down to faith with God is because of that original wounding in the beginning? All he's ever wanted from us was our trust. What was the thing that Adam withdrew and Eve? Their trust. And that's why ever since, it always comes down to faith. It always comes down to faith. It always comes back to having a belief in God. And that's why, that's why religion is so destructive to mankind because it is substituting deeds and works and rituals and spectacle for faith and trust. Man, this is good. This has no, I have, there's nowhere in my notes on this one. Um, this is right from the Holy Ghost. I have never thought about it this way. That's why ever since the beginning, it's, it's about faith, it's about trust. That's all he wants from us. He doesn't want us to work up a frenzy. He doesn't care if we give away everything we have or if we hold on to everything we have. He doesn't care about us establishing some type of religious rituals. All he cares about this, do you trust me? And so now we know why when they went to wake up Jesus in the back of the boat, what's the, what's the question that came out of his mouth? Where's your, well, faith. Where's your faith? Didn't I say we're going over to the other side? For you to come and wake me up in a panic and accuse me of not caring, obviously you didn't trust me the moment you got in the boat, you didn't trust me. It's about trust. It's about faith. And so then he finally finds someone on the earth, a man named Abram, who's willing to trust him. And he says, this is the one that I'm going to, through this one here, I'm going to build a nation. And out of that nation is going to come the deliverer, the Messiah. Romans chapter 10 says, whoever puts their trust in him shall never be ashamed. Amen. And sometimes in the middle of the storm, the best thing you could do is, God, I don't know how this is going to go. I know you're going to come through. I don't know how you're going to do it. But all I know is this. I am sticking with you. I'm still in the boat. I don't care how many waves. I don't care how the wind blows. I don't care what happens. I don't care if we end up in the ocean. But this I know. You are getting us to the other side. There's been times in life, and I know I'm not the only. We could all sit here. We could sit here until 12 o'clock tonight and compare stories of times when it never looked like it was, we were going to pull through, when it never looked like, when it looked like everything was falling apart. And we just kept trusting him. We just kept trusting him. We don't know how he's going to do it, but we know he's going to do it. 
And truthfully, it's not our business how he's going to do it. Do you think Moses could have ever possibly imagined that if he could, on his own, well, let me go see that tree over there. Maybe if I take that tree and throw it in the water, the water's going to get sweet. You imagine what the people must have thought when he did that? Well, he's really cracked this time. The old man's gone. The old man's lost it. That trip in the desert here is a little sun and everything got to him. But he trusted. Abram trusted. And, and isn't it amazing that even in the worst of our flaws and character flaws and weaknesses and things of this nature, as long as we trust God, and I'm not condoning things, trust me here, but look, we're all messed up. There's not one in this room here that you, you, you have some kind of baggage. Some of us got trunk that we're carrying. <laughs> Other people just have a carry-on. But everybody's got stuff. Yeah. Everybody's got stuff. But it just seems like, listen to me, it just seems like, it just seems like that when we're willing to trust him, even the things that we do wrong, he turns them around for good. He turns them around for good. So, I'm satisfied that I delivered what I had to here tonight. But, but here's what I want to say from my heart. Listen, we need to have compassion for one another. And we need to, we need to really hold each other up and, 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 and learn to, to keep each other's hands raised but we also have to understand that there are certain principles to walk through when you're in those storms, when you're under that attack that just make life easier and actually guarantee us that we're going to come up on the other side. See, it was never God's plan for the Israelites to take 40 years to get through. That wasn't his plan. That was, that was their consequences. And those who continued to trust him made it through. Unfortunately, out of two and a half million people, there was only two from the original batch that left Egypt. Joshua and Caleb, not even Moses. Joshua and Caleb. We can make it through. And we can make it through victorious. And remember this, what we talked about last week. In fact, I think I talked about it on the weekend too. If you're gonna go through a difficulty, determine in your heart that you're gonna come up on the other side changed and changed for good. A lot of people come through change, and they come through changed bitter, hard-hearted, just miserable people to be around. Determine in your heart that no matter what trial, no matter what storm, no matter what adversity that you're going to go through, get the gold out of it. Learn something. You know, my wife and I went through, like I've talked about, we went through bankruptcy. We got, we got everything wiped out from us, everything. But you want to know something? The education that we got through. Now, I'm not, I'm not recommending it to anybody. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I was determined that well, I was going to find out the roots of that thing. How did this happen? How did I not see it coming? How was I tricked into making decisions that I made that were really... I was determined. And the education that you get from those situations, you can't find a college on earth to go learn that. But God will take you through. <coughs> And when he takes you through, he takes you through with all the silver and all the gold. Amen? Did this bless you? Why don't we stand up? Let's just thank God. Why don't you lift your hands up and just start to thank him yourself? Hallelujah. Father, we bless you tonight. And we honor you tonight. And Father, we thank you tonight for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, God, that you are faithful to keep your word. 
And if you said that you're going to do it, it will come to pass. You will do it. And so, Father, for those tonight that may be right in the midst of that fire, right in the midst of that storm, Father, we remind you of your word. You told us in the book of Isaiah that you're going to walk us through the water and we're not going to drown. You're going to take us through the fire and it shall not, it shall not kindle upon us. It will not, it will not, we, we won't catch fire, Father. And we won't, in fact, we won't even smell like smoke when we come up on the other side because you're right there in the midst of us, Father. Just like you were with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Father God. In the midst of that fiery furnace, Lord, you showed up and you walked them through, Father. We thank you, God, that we can have faith just like Jesus in that storm, Lord God. And we can prove to you our trust, Father, by reigning in our emotions and say, no, no, I'm not going to allow myself to panic. I'm not going to allow myself to lose, lose, just lose it here. I am going to remain trusting in God, confident in my God, the Lord God Almighty, the faithful one. And so we bless you tonight, Lord God. We thank you that you'll remind us of all that we've learned these past two weeks the next time we go through something, Father. And so we just lift our hands up to you and just say thank you. We lift our hands, Father, as an act of honor, as an act of respect, as an act of worship. We just declare your majesty and declare your goodness and declare <laughs> that you are, Father God, the faithful one. We trust you for all these things tonight, Lord. And we bless you tonight. And I bless everybody that's here tonight, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.